0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode twenty-four of the Precision Unloaded podcast. And on tonight's show, you have myself, Mark, and Graham. How are you going, Graham?
1: I'm very good, Mark. Thank you.
0: And a uh, special guest, uh, Anthony, uh, all the way from the Hawke's Bay. It going? How are you going? Uh, good. Tonight's podcast we've chosen the engineering-heavy topic of carbon fibre to discuss in terms of things like barrel stocks and a few other things in between so um, we'll get into that later and a few other minor subjects to talk about mainly probably coming out of what we've been doing in firearms this week or so or whatever we've been doing hunting wise so uh, Graham what have you been up to
1: Uh, well I've been shooting a lot of goats lately a lot Um, some we'll touch on later as, as you said but yeah, just culling a few blocks, um, using up precious six-five projectiles, <laughs> shooting um, shooting feral goats. But it's uh, it's doing the trick nicely. And then a lot of prep for the upcoming um, TLRS uh, Practical Field Twenty Two match. I um, oh, so yeah, you're,
0: you're organising that. I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. So that's what you mean so by prep, making,
1: getting my targets. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, prep. Yeah um making targets uh course of fire um uh, stuff like that you know organizing props and you know, all naming cool stages stuff that goes into match street i'm not good at naming stages yeah. well to be honest i don't think many people are judging by some of the names we see from your but, paddock, um,
0: naming i'd agree yeah um <laughs> so <laughs> you need to send me that list so i can give you some good suggestions so
1: you can rename them you can rename my stages that'd be fine and, um, yeah, so just been, yeah, fabricating some more target frames and um, everything, so I don't have to uh, borrow all of Simon's ones, um, just build a set of own, and, yeah.
0: All right. And on the goat front, so you've been wasting a fair bit of ammo on them?
1: Yeah, but it's, it, we've been getting through a few goats too, actually, we've, um, uh, another block's come up where, where um, previously they didn't want it shot, and then... Uh, once they paid attention to the damage the goats are doing, they <laughs> then got pretty desperate for it to be shot, so we gotta uh, board into um uh, hammer what they thought was about forty goats, but it's probably about two or three hundred so um, there's, there's a fair chunk out, but we've gotta go back into a bunch more trips um and it's it's pretty local it's about halfway between your place and my place, <laughs> yeah, but I think it would be nice to maybe take the two two three and maybe not be shooting all those um it's hard to get projectiles, but that—that that is what it is. Um, yeah, that
0: makes sense, because I think I've just added up, because I've been using my 2d3 the whole time, which is carbon fibre, which we'll talk about later, but I think I'm down to... I've used 800 rounds of Fiocchi. Cheap crap I brought. So, and that's my... Oh, two-thirds of that would be on shooting goats, so... So, yeah, certainly getting through it.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe... Yeah, that's what I need to do. Trouble with the 2d3 I've got is... That, Uh, more of a precision based setup Um, it'll still work though so yeah anyway Um, I guess one thing we'll we'll maybe no, what have you been up to Mark before we introduce Anthony and who he is and what he does
0: alright, myself pretty much just um, been mucking around I think I've done some setup on my 22 getting a couple of options sorted out for the competition coming up Um, testing a bit of High velocity ammo. See how that goes. Uh, CCI stuff. And uh, I've got a test set in the semi this week. And also, we've been, started doing a bit of uh, project work around the farm. So I've had a friend of mine's very large uh, Komatsu bulldozer and a twelve-ton digger. So he's been doing fence lines and tracks. But they've also uh, been rebuilding a few um, target backstops for us. So. If anyone's familiar with the 1k target at Ahatidi from our shoots, we we'll just re-dug that today, so it's looking uh, a lot bigger and a lot more pristine and a lot more loose dirt. So it should be a lot better set up for February. So yeah, so that's been um, quite entertaining to see them mucking around with that. So it didn't take them long, about half an hour with that gear. So. Well,
1: judging, so watching you dig at it for about three hours with a spade, trying to make it better at last February, yeah. and then the digger does that in about a fraction of a second, what you did, um, it's pretty cool.
0: And he's tracked up to it so you can drive up the ground. so it's ideal for well, lazy well, we TRS target to, putting targets Yeah, out.
1: well we nearly dropped it, remember we nearly had a target smash you, but that's another story. Oh, that's cool. Um, Anyway, so we need to introduce Anthony. Everyone already knows who we are, what we do, for the most part, our um, seven listeners. So I met Anthony about a year ago, thereabouts. He, um, funnily enough, is good friends with my neighbour, and I met Anthony through the competitions and we put two and two together. Um, He shoots competitively, hunts, culls, culls a lot of animals, um, uh, a lot, and... Yeah, uh, all around good bloke. So, Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. We don't need your uh, uh, your, your star sign or anything, but um, so to so tell us maybe a little bit about your shooting history and what you do and what you're into. Um,
2: so I'm based over on the east coast, just farming over there. Um, always been into quite a bit of hunting, pigs and deer, um, basically anything, any pest i um, done that for well as long as I can remember, um, and started competitive shooting. Uh, well, when was how? Tapu? This year, January, January, of, yeah. yeah, January yeah. this year, I think. Um, so yeah, it was just a something that had always interested interested me. Um, didn't really know how to get into it until we sort of started talking with with Ian and. The guys at Hardy and stuff like that, and they sort of pointed me in in the direction of the competitive stuff, and never looked back. Um,
0: so, yes yeah. so, so, quick inter interjection question: So, what's the learning curve been like? Real steep? Have you learned heaps in a year? I mean, from you've done a lot of hunting, but have you suddenly?
2: Well, yeah. I think every hunter thinks they can shoot, yeah, pretty well, yeah, until <laughs> you go to something competitive and then you realize pretty quick that you can't um so yeah learning a lot of learning technique has improved dramatically which has in turn improved you know my hunting a lot as well um you obviously get far better at you know calling wind and more confident with longer shots and just you know everything crosses back over yeah and probably a little bit both ways because if you've done a lot of hunting you sort of used to shooting in odd positions and off different things and um, so a lot of that wasn't too foreign. Um, So it hasn't been too bad but I just, you know, you realise just how not good you are um, when you first start out.
0: So then, just going to, when I probably met you was at the February shoot, so the mile, you obviously, were you surprised that you... Ended up, you know, first equal on that day on the mile target. Ah,
2: uh, uh, not really. We'd um, <laughs>
0: <good> we'd <laughs> confident.
2: Sales <laughs> so, so confident. I mean, we'd put a lot of work in. I mean, once once I knew that we were going to be doing, yep. you know, competitive shooting and and miles stu- and mile shooting and stuff like that. Yeah, you put put the work in. Um, I'm sort of yeah. You know, I don't like to turn up unprepared, and so. We, we're quite lucky at our place here. We can we've got steel right out to about two point two k's, so we put a lot bit of work into into load development and stuff, and actually specifically made a barrel for the hybrid just to just to shoot basically that the long range side event at Um So yeah, I would have been disappointed if we didn't do well, if I didn't get any hits. So it's um yeah it's just all sort of that's my nature I like to put a lot of planning into whatever we're doing and every competition now that comes up a lot of a lot of planning goes into it and train accordingly so to make sure we do well
0: well it's bloody interesting um yeah because you've sort of gone from pretty quickly getting into it so yeah it's good good to see um I certainly mucked around a lot my first year trying to do good competitions brought stupid guns along and things like that, but but um, <laughs>
1: we, we all did that, yeah,
0: <laughs> and then tinned, tinned a few results. So, but um, no, I was you know, I, this was probably the first time I'd seen, seen you shoot, and I was impressed, and and it got me excited about the 300 normal mag, too. So, um, have you had them for a while, or as a caliber? No,
2: so that we've had the we've had the hunt, my hunting version of the 300 Norma, yeah. um, for a little while. Um, probably a couple of years, and yeah, you know, once we sort of knew what it was capable of, and you know, and that there was matches coming up that we could stretch its legs out, you know, then as I said, we built a barrel specifically to get more performance out of it. Yeah, um, my hunting version is about six inches shorter in carbon fibre and different twist rate, and um, yeah, so you know. Add a few more inches and a bit more powder, and well, it's a whole different setup. Basically, we used different projectiles. Was it twenty-eight or thirty? Thirty-two. Oh right, jeepers. Yeah. Okay. Well, was was actually today we had an inch chopped off it just to re. We've re, been chambered today into three hundred norma forty degree improved. <laughs> so, um, well, I wonder if that's why you, more,
1: you did so. I wonder if that's why you did so well because you're. A, Bloody uh, half a foot closer to the target than everybody else. Yeah, probably. Could, yeah, from,
2: uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely the 1,000 metre target, you just had to reach out and sort of just, yeah, you, know, you could almost stab Whip. at it with that long barrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, I don't know, look, uh, what, yeah, big projectiles going quite fast out of that big barrel, you're sort of less wind-affected and, um, yeah, you're a bit yeah. more predictable.
0: So sorry to give a um, detail. What's the velocity difference between the two barrels? Just as a side, roughly.
2: Um, it's about one hundred and fifty feet per second. Oh yeah. But we're a whole a dif- dif- similar projectile with, with the two thirty A tips and the big barrel. Yeah. Um, two to five ELDMs and the carbon barrel. Um, uh, different powders as well. One's running about twenty nine fifty. The other one's thirty one hundred. Right. Um. Yeah, we're we're hoping for a little bit more speed with the with the new chamber, with the Norma improved, and we're going to go up to the two hundred and fifty A tips now as well.
0: All right. So, how much more powder is that getting? The improved
2: um, the, imp- the improved case, you can fit about four and a half to five okay. grains more powder, in. whether it will take it or not is to be seen. But you know, we, we've yeah, got yeah, ex- yeah. a lot of extra capacity
0: on paper. Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. On paper.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's bloody interesting um what else do you what other or well, you know what are your other go-to calibers that you tend to shoot now
2: um hunting wise uh 308 yep. 7mm rem mag and my 300 norma are sort of my main three that i use um 308 is sort of obviously you know close range bush type hunting um yeah, and the seven mil rim is sort of that mid distance, and the Norma for anything out a little bit further. Yeah. Um, and yeah, competition wise, we're uh, six Creedmore, uh, six five PRC, and my big Norma barrel as well. Sort of the main. Yeah. The main three. And two to three for any training work. <laughs> um, that we're doing.
0: Affordable. Yeah. Oh know, it's good. Um, all right. So I guess, um, we'll get on to the main subject and,
1: uh... Well, no, we'll talk about, before we get into the car, oh, file, we'll go over our, advent- our adventures. So Anthony <clears throat> messaged me a week ago, and he, for some mad reason, wanted to drive five hours... To my place to come and shoot some goats and then we then drove another 45 minutes to mark's place um, to find said goats um so we <laughs> yeah i tell you what anthony it's a long way to come to shoot goats was it worth the trip well <laughs> yes and no the um
2: the like we, we have a real lack of goats over here although we're on the east coast where we are in particular doesn't have an abundance of goats or any goats but we have an abundance of deer and pigs and that type of thing but i mean everyone gets everyone gets bored of shooting the same thing day in day out so goats but a high volume shooting you know a bit of long-range practice on some game um well i shouldn't say practice is not the word but the chance to stretch the legs out where there's a number of animals yeah mm-hmm. um, on the big guns and yeah but yeah it was it was
1: it was good and it's not as if you just shot goats there was <clears throat> uh, what magpies rabbits hares, pigs um most yep. everything else too so it was <laughs> yeah um we, we we spent a bit of time in the morning before we went goat hunting just um so anthony's recently got a voodoo 22 um which is uh, about as high end as you can go in a precision 22 in our game in our world anyway uh, and uh there's a bunch of magpies out the front of our places so um shit we spent several hours just sitting there waiting for the buggers and um, taking shots of those and i i will say i didn't think the voodoo was going to be as impressive as it is like i knew it would be good but um that's an impressive little rifle albeit incredibly heavy but um very impressive
2: well in its current configuration, it's um yeah I mean luckily with the Voodoo you've got a just a basic Remington 700 footprint so you can put it in whatever stock whatever setup you want. Um, that's the whole concept around them is that how they came up with this, is that guys can just take their take their barreled action their six mil or whatever out of their chassis that they use for competition work, stick the Voodoo in it and you've got the same feel you can have the same trigger um so for training basically a PRS training rifle um but in 22 so you you're, you're using your same setup um and that gives you the change so we've got it set up quite heavy at the moment but um yeah we can like we'll just chuck it in a carbon stock for example if we want to take it rabbit shooting but which is highly unlikely <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess given the base price of the rifle I don't think Having to swap stocks around is really a problem for anyone. I'd say you'd end up with a, a chassis for each, <laughs> basically.
1: Just just buy another Voodoo, just yeah, have two barrel exactly. actions. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Exactly right. Two, yeah, two, yeah. two um, Voodoo's, no, so That, that seems... gun was...
0: <laughs> one for a truck gun, excellent. <laughs> yeah,
1: one purely for possums. You could get the barrel cut down to 10 inches and just use it for possums. No, oh,
0: no like, So, So what impressed you, Graham, about this 22 then?
1: uh well for a new setup without a lot of time and behind it it was uh, so we had a target at 380 yeah, something it was a 10 inch target so not particularly big for a, a rim fire and um man it was on it straight away and just even, and we had awesome winds um gusty sort of oh, I can't remember the speed but it was, it was, it was quite windy especially for a 22. yeah we were just smacking this target again and again and again and a lot of it wasn't prone we were sort of shooting off a um a, a seated rail so sort of like a so from a um a seating a seated a shooting position it wasn't an issue i mean the heavy heavy gun helped with um keeping it stable but <laughs> yeah pretty good man and even in that wind i mean partially that's the ammunition too which is the uh was it what is it actually the rws gold something uh rws special target special target so that was obviously reasonable uh, pretty consistent too to be able to perform like that um yeah uh yeah I was just impressed again it's got a nice um trigger tech trigger in it and a uh, night force scope and KRG whiskey chassis so it was all the Gucci gear damn uh, it I am
0: not even I'm gonna turn up now you can sell my spot Graham
1: no that's pretty <laughs> a heavy gun's not gonna be an advantage at this 22 shoot. Woo! <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, no, it was cool. So won't it won't, it, it won't be in its current configuration when we come
1: to your twenty two shoot? It'll be a lot lighter. Damn it! A lot more manageable. <laughs> I shouldn't have told him. Okay, I'll, I'll add in a heap of prone then. Yeah, just make kidding. it. I'll
0: make it <laughs> heavier. <laughs> advantage. <laughs> heavier advantage.
1: Yeah, if your gun weighs under a certain amount, you got to carry a bag of bricks all day. Right-o. yeah. No, it, it, regardless, it's it's it's. Yep. Uh, you'll, you'll be fine, Mark. I expect you could just bribe me, and you'll take the win. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then so so you obviously we'll probably cover off the voodoo yep. um, in several months with Anthony. But so um, far, you're pretty happy with it, Anthony. Obviously, I don't know why you wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's everything that
2: you'd expect when you when you're buying something like that. It's you know fifty and hundred meter groups are just amazing. Looks like it's shooting a centre fire. Um, and yeah, the consistency out at distance so far, and once again, the testing that we've done is limited' because it's still a fairly new setup, but I mean it's yeah it's hard to hard to find anything I don't like about it at this point, so
1: should be good, damn it, awesome, Mark, you should just get one,
0: yeah, no I'll <clears throat> get rid of my other two by one there
1: you go you're you your other like seven.
0: Yeah, I have got a few.
1: <laughs> anyway, so once we, we, we mucked around here, and then we, we went up and met um, Mark and a few others at the. Uh, the
0: so yeah, run a, us a through particular... the long-range goating.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so we went up to a, a big gully and um, went to attempt to cull a few long-range goats and some pretty tricky wins. Um So how did you find how did you find uh, your your first go at Taranaki long-range goats, Anthony? Well, not amazing to be fair, but that's
2: you know, put it. I'll just put that down to my fault. Um, Yeah, no excuses. But I mean, the winds weren't ideal, switching sort of all the way out the galley. And to be fair, we were quite optimistic. We were sort of trying to take goats from out out to a fair distance. Yep. And the misses were very very close misses. So I probably can't be too concerned about that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that no, was it. Was good. I would have liked to have got a few more than we did on the deck. Um, but yeah, good to stretch the legs of the big gun. And yeah, once we got into f- yeah six seven
0: four to six hundred meters, it was pretty good though. So later on, hmm. range wise, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah well, the good the good thing yeah, about the good for we... those who haven't shot. Sorry, you go.
2: No, you're, 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 as I say, you know, once we, the closer ones, obviously, we, although a few up close were missed as well, because the wind, um, some pretty average wind calls from, uh, from me, we won't, won't mention, (laughs) won't won't mention names, but, um, which probably should (laughs) have, probably should have been hits, but never mind.
1: (laughs) Hey, don't blame me for listening to me. You're a grown-up, and, uh, maybe, yeah. No, that was a, not my best wind call, <laughs> especially at like 300 metres. Anyway, um, but we 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 did end the day with killing a, a few. We found some close ones. But yeah, later on that night we headed up onto the top of the property and went looking for some pigs. I shot a pig that it looked far bigger in the scope um, than it was in reality. A good um, eater Graham. ended up That's being. Really cool. a good, a good a good one for the pot if you've got a very small pot yes um it, it weigh, we, we weighed it for some reason 32
0: oh, 32 pounds
1: <laughs> you yes. don't, yeah, don't round up no. um so it's, it's yeah, hard, again. To, hard to
2: call it an eater no because it's probably just one one meal or do it's actually
1: hard to call it a pig it's a piglet <laughs> yeah anyway it's You're right it did, it did look a lot thing. bigger
0: <laughs> when they but buy, yeah um, when they're by themselves with nothing else to reference them against yeah
1: yeah um albeit pulled off a textbook perfect shot in really low light i will um praise myself for that yeah it was through the heart um, so yep heart and lungs 260 Remington at exactly 260 meters coincidentally
0: but now the other pig um, was an excellent um effort so
1: oh yeah so walk and us through need- the other picks so we went. Well, this was maybe an hour later so by this point yep. it was sort of um, well well, dark, so we were into the thermal equipment.
0: And we're sort of heading out um, to places I know we're still lambing, so it's just sort of going along quietly at night and just going to spots that I can look normally look off. And the first one we stopped at, Anthony said, there's a pig. So, And I was looking through my old thermal, and all I could see was blobs. So uh, we had a look. He lined it up, and it sort of was walking to the right, wasn't it? Yeah, sideways, went behind a tree he walked it out, put its head out, and he let rip, and it sprinted off at top speed, went right, and then circled round left, and disappeared, and so, at that stage I'm thinking, well, don't know, what happened there, maybe missed, um, but Anthony said oh, it was going real fast, which means it's probably been, you know, seemed like it was actually hit, so, and we didn't sort of, I thought it might have been a 80 or 90 pound pig, but, um, anyway so i thought well there's a place where we can look back down from the top when we go further on so it's been an hour later we popped up um looking from a hill down onto where we shot it and there it was dead in the paddock about 300 meters away so um we wandered down everyone was like it's still alive i was like no it's dead <laughs> someone claimed they saw it move i was like oh. yeah. <clears throat> anyway so I got down there and it was a pretty impressive, it was a bore, 122 pound he ended up being, so um, pretty impressive and amazing that he was shot through the lungs. And the bullet must have not hit anything bone-wise on the way through, so, you know, to have, it didn't, didn't really, there was basically an entry and an exit wound wasn't there that weren't that big from memory. Well,
2: yeah, can I, can I just say, yeah. that, well, I yeah. thought it was a, um, like, as the as the trigger broke, it stepped forward, so I knew it wasn't bang oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. shoulder where, yeah. I was, where I was Yeah, yeah, you know usual excuses, <laughs> but I thought,, wow, like how could I how could it have missed you know we were not far I was hundred and seventy meters yeah um pretty confident and instantly you didn't you didn't just think that missed you just turned to me instantly and you said, "Oh you missed and I was like well that I, that's great, I just feel pretty average now so I spent the next hour thinking of missed and uh great you know every spot else that we wanted to graham saying oh you're taking your gun i'm just like no 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 no, no, no point <laughs> so, so, so something wrong with the gun you know let someone else better shoot because this you know i don't know what's going on and then oh can you imagine the relief when we spotted that thing dead in the paddock yeah yeah and yeah <laughs> Here, here I was thinking, well, it must have been a terrible shot. Yeah, when you said oh, I went 300 metres from where you hit it, and I was like, oh, jeez, this must have been very, very average. And, um, yeah, when we when we took the guts out of it and double lung shot and sort of just in and out just behind the shoulder, I thought, oh, well, yeah. there we go. We just missed all the bone and projectile hasn't opened up and he's no. gone on his merry way.
0: And that was, sorry, the other thing was the sound. I just didn't, I normally always hear some sound that I can pick up, you know, especially at night that would have indicated and there wasn't any with that that was the other thing i mean I've shot pigs there before one was, res- was similar a bit smaller and he he was a pretty bad shot on my behalf but he ran about 150 meters from there when we found him but um but it, there was a real distinctive noise which is the other thing that i put you know that put me wrong when I was saying to you i don't think he was hit but you know I started to think well given the speed he ran off at he must have been something must have tickled him so hmm.
2: i mean there's no um normally I mean we were using thermal gear i mean normally it doesn't matter how you know how an animal's hit you see blood splatter in the thermal you see blood left on the ground in the thermal there was nothing there's no indication of a hit apart from there's no noise apart from the fact that he's fair bolted and um yeah i was confident for about two seconds until you turned to me and said no you missed i was like okay cool it's, Sorry about that's that. that. then? <laughs> I'm
0: playing mind games. <laughs> so,
1: so one thing yeah. I'll say is, um, you mentioned the projectile not opening up. So we've, we've talked about this a bit, not on the podcast, but so that was an ELDX projectile, which is Hornaday's Edith's hunting th- match 308. projectile. Yeah. 308. Yeah, so yeah. 178, so reasonably heavy projectile. Now the projectile I used earlier, uh, with a very similar shot on the smaller pig, was an ELDM, which is their match projectile. Um, the with are known some people might not think so but they're known to not expand particularly well if they don't have bone they're um, sort of from what I understand made for sort of thicker skinned animals bigger bigger animals that you sort of got to put a bullet about three three feet you know of, of meat to go through so it just didn't expand um, the ELDX it's just acted like an FMJ and just um, a, a, as Anthony said no blood because the exit hole was the size of my pinky finger like it was it was not a big fist size hole, so um, again, they're marketed as a hunting bullet, but from what we've found over the years, if you don't hit bone, they can um, fail to expand. Again, other people might have more luck, but... Um,
0: no, you are right too, the, the blood often is quite obvious, so when you're with a good hit, my scope currently is um, mm. turning off under recoil, so it's got to go back, but... It's meant that when I shoot something I've got I pull the trigger and then I don't know what's going on until it restarts three or four seconds later. And that often I'm seeing the blood if it's moved a bit straight away and I've got it pretty well, you know, the other week was one that just left a huge trail of blood. Real obvious. And that was about hundred and twenty odd meters, so yeah. Anyway, so he was um recovered and hung up, so and he was wandering yes, outside. Um, he's been made through. into
1: sausages now. Is he? oh That's good. Yep, neighbor's chop, neighbor had a bunch of samba um, meat, and it's not particularly nice <laughs> eating samba there. So um, that's so he made into sausages. put him with a
0: not particularly nice tasting pig. That's good.
1: Yeah, and, he, and a ram. <laughs> he's got a ram in the paddock. He's shot as well, I believe. So it's a ram, oh, the three an pig and a samba stack. <laughs> the, tri- the three. Yeah, the the all he needs to add in. He <laughs> yes, just should add in some billy goats. Add in some Billy goats, and you have a perfect so sausage. I
0: won't be receiving any free sausages from you, Graham. Because um, I know what's No, going not to if them. you
1: don't want them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's um, pretty cool. He didn't seem as impressed by the little one that I shot, to be honest. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, well, I think the big boar was plenty. Well, it, it, but yeah. Anyway, so it did look bigger so, when you shot it. <laughs>
2: It looked a lot smaller than it turned It did it look, back it did up look bit, it, uh, Yeah, well, you know, typical with pigs. Yeah. If they're not standing against the fence
1: or a sheep or something like that, you have no idea how big they are, really, do you? Yeah. Irregardless, I was going to shoot it either way. Yeah. Because it's just what happens. Um, anyway, so that was, yeah, so we did that. We come home and um, we chopped the bloody thing up. So it was good. It was, it was a good day. We um, shot plenty of pests, plenty of rounds sent down range, and. Um, and then I left my camera in Anthony's car and he left some stuff at my house so it was a bit of a balls up but anyway but yeah so um, main topic for tonight and you guys know far more about this than me uh, is carbon fibre in rifles and shooting Um, as Mark alluded to um, stocks and and, and carbon rat barrels etc so Mark do you want to kick us off you've got a couple carbon guns yep Um, what what have you got I'll start
0: off with a few fun facts when was oh it?
1: fun facts with mark
0: when was it first uh what would we say first synthesized i suppose give me no, a date. isn't
1: that how you make computer music synthesized? whatever
0: invented <laughs> go with invented
1: invented yeah
0: have a guess uh
1: on a gun or carbon fiber itself carbon fiber itself probably about 1982 no
0: 1860 there you go Yeah? 1860. They were carbon fibre barrels in the US Civil War. No, that's not true. Uh, (coughs) They only developed its purity. (laughs) The purity that we have now was about 1960. Rolls-Royce pioneered its use in um, turbine blades for jet engines. Mm -hmm. But it was found to have a bit of a problem when birds struck the engine. It was more inclined to... um, disintegrate than steel so anyway so it's obviously a very expensive material once I got the purity sorted out there's different grades of it which I didn't know so and I guess in the if you go back to the early 2000s which there wouldn't have been any carbon fiber barrels being made or even parts for rifles probably I'd hazard it costs about 35 times more than the equivalent steel version of something and now it's down well under ten times, so that's why you're seeing a lot more use of it, and filtering down from not just aer- you know aerospace use into things like rifles, car parts, uh, high end road bikes for you know cycling all that sort of thing, motorbikes. Um, but anyway, that's just a bit of a segue into it. Um, it's a bit of a considered a bit of a wonder material. Um, that some people consider a bit of an expensive waste of time on some applications but um i guess you know as all technology goes it's often it goes in three steps first it's ridiculed then it's violently opposed and then eventually it's accepted as self-evident so where are we at with barrels with carbon fiber i think it's pretty much um there's a lot of different manufacturers out there doing it i'd say a number you know especially in the states obviously um so it's pretty much bedded down in use there carbon fiber stocks how long have they been around for probably a decade coming up to probably i'd say 2012 maybe um and you're seeing a lot of there's even ones manufactured in new zealand isn't there from what i've seen um uh, several several yeah, companies several yeah. yeah so so that's i guess the segue in so my i guess the first place we'll go is the is the barrels it's, yeah um i'm assuming the primary use in barrels is obviously it creates a lighter profile barrel than the equivalent in stainless steel or steel so um there's other things they tout as being benefits but some of them are can be a bit iffy depending on how the barrel was manufactured
1: yeah so now anthony Hmm. if if for those of you don't know is is reasonably friendly with hardy rifle we um sort of shoots for them and with them essentially um so he has Got the down low on how they actually um, wrap a barrel, um, so you can give us a bit of, bit of a bit of a schooling here, here, and we can all learn something. So, so take it away, Anthony. How, how does Hardy Rifle, which is for those foreign listeners, is the major manufacturer here in New Zealand? How do they go about putting together a carbon barrel? Well, so hopefully Gosh. I don't undersell
2: undersell their process here at any point or give away too many trade secret secrets basically you start with a stainless barrel um, stainless barrel blank and they will machine it down to basically 14mm um, for anything up to 338 and then anything over 338 they take it to 15 mil. so you're left with a very very thin essentially blank um, and then they build it back up with carbon, so the carbon is wrapped, or the carbon compound is wrapped back onto the barrel. Um, to so it's quite proud, so it'll be you know more on there than they need. It's then machined back down to whatever profile or taper that you want out of the barrel to be the finished product, and then they put sort of the aesthetic, classic carbon fiber wrap over top of it to finish it, oh, okay. and. So the carbon underneath that doesn't look like your carbon fibre that you see on the barrels. It's it's essentially just a resin with the fibre in it. Um, Dark grey type of black material and the wrap is the weaved type look um, that goes over top to finish it off. Um, Obviously there'll be a lot of ins and outs to make sure that that's you know, done evenly, and that starts right at the first process when you take your barrel blank, and essentially, if the bore isn't drilled straight or um, it's not machined down evenly, you know, if there's only a couple of you know few thousandths left on one side of the bore compared to the other, that's going to create a stress issue um, when you build it back up. So the whole process around the carboning, carbon fibering of a barrel um, starts long before the carbon even goes near it.
1: Do they um, does, does Hardy Rifle wrap the barrels, and house Or does a specialist company do that for them? A
2: specialist company wraps the barrels for them. Okay. Um, so they'll yep. take it down One. to, they'll take it down to the the machine it down, t- ready to go, and then a yeah a specialist company will put the carbon fibre on. Um, and yeah, and then they they'll finish it to whatever whatever it's getting finished to after that right oh
0: nice now do they do them all to the same profile i mean the same well this way because what i gather you can if you're aiming for an ultra light barrel then you'd obviously machine the stainless blank or whatever barrel down to quite a thin profile then add the carbon fiber and everything back on but you can also do it where you've got a heavier barrel and you're taking some weight out of it so you're basically machining the barrel down somewhat not to an ultralight status, but to a point where you can end up with still quite a, what would say, a middleweight or heavyish barrel, but with some lightening done with a carbon fibre added, so I'm not sure. Most of what I've seen is carbon fibre barrels that are, you know, essentially taking the the steel barrel down to a pretty thin, you know, then adding all the carbon fibre back on, so...
2: I think there is a minimum um thickness that the carbon fiber has to be basically yeah. the mag- magnum calibers at the muzzle can be no smaller than um twenty four mil yeah um so that creates a minimum depth of carbon down the whole barrel um you can have it thicker than that you you can do a thirty one mil straight yeah. straight profile carbon if you want um smaller. Anything sort of non-magnum, if you're using 308 or something like that, you know, they can make the finished product thinner, like a thinner carbon barrel the whole way down, but there still has to be a minimum thickness of carbon. So that sort of dictates how thin they take the, yeah. the steel down to before the carbon
1: goes on.
0: Yep, yeah. right. That makes sense. Um,
1: Maybe we'll, um, we'll get Anthony to get us a tour one day and get us shown some of the process. <laughs> well, um, okay, righto. We'll annoy them enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait. So you're not. You don't. Oh, Okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting. It's um. There's a lot. I didn't realise that the the outer finish was a um a facade for lack of a better word. You know, just a, a finishing look. I um.
0: So would you ever use yeah, one for awesome. a competition barrel? Maybe. Yes. Average,
2: we're doing. We're doing one. Um, Sort of as we speak, twenty-two Creedmore, which will be a bit of a crossover competition hunting gun. Sort of won't be particularly long, be about twenty-two inches. Damn it! Um, but that'll be that'll be carbon fiber. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't see a downside, you know, unless you're wanting a lot of extra weight, which a lot of guys do. You won't get it with carbon fiber, but you you you're making up for it, obviously, and you. No. Well. So I guess rigidity. Yeah.
0: I have been doing some research, so um, the one thing I found is that if you, yeah, if you're doing PRS comps, there was pretty much no one using a carbon fiber barrel in what we'd call, I don't know, whatever the competitions we're doing. But they were all going for weight, essentially. You know, you're talking uh, um, barrels that weigh seven, six to seven pounds, up to nine pounds, talking in US imperial here but so the carbon fiber side of it ultimately comes back to you're in between hybrid or hunting rifle setups and that's where most of the use seems to be in the marketing side of it and and what's actually being used because it's not going to give you um, that's the the rifle balance thing I think as well Um, if you've got a pretty heavy you know long range setup then the barrel weight it's probably pretty important to getting it quite balanced if you know what I mean if it, in the centre to a degree, or you know even weight wise which is why some carbon fibre is used to actually to balance up a rifle if it is quite light in the, the rear you can actually lighten the front of it up by having a, a carbon fibre bigger barrel sort of thing so um,
1: is, is the idea Anthony with the <coughs> running more carbon on the 22 Creed is because you are running will have far less recoil than you would with a 6.5 or a 308 or well no i'm gonna shoot 308 much anymore but you know what i mean less recoil so you can you can negate the weight needed on the the rifle itself and and that'll make it more handy for the um positional shooting and and stuff like that is that the idea yeah i mean uh,
2: yeah uh, in, a, in a nutshell yeah i mean it's basic we've got a crossover it's basically a crossover build in mind for that so it'll be used around um yeah for your know, hunting applications and culling and and a bit of competition use as well. Um so yeah and the recoil's not really an issue um with a calibre like that so it's yeah it's basically we yeah, we wanted we want something that can deal with heat fairly well lots of strings of shots um but i don't want a big fat stainless barrel that would also deal with it well um for for hunting applications so you i probably wouldn't do it on another caliber yeah if you're talking six five or six mil you i wouldn't do it for a crossover gun for competition use because you you just wouldn't have the weight that we're sort of after
0: yeah i agree because it was that i've got a christian Christian arms mpr so it's carbon fiber barrel four or it's sort of jazz it's in 2d3 and you're right i wouldn't probably want anything in 6.5 or 308 or whatever as a hybrid or PR, you know a crossover gun to use i mean it's great the weight is just right for the recoil on it so you know and it's light enough that it is usable as a hunting rifle as well so and I've been pretty impressed with it so it's the first carbon fiber barrel rifle I've had I was a bit iffy at the start but as it settled down it only tends to wander badly after a long shot you know I'm talking lots of shots string sort of thing but that'd be reasonably the same for any rifle with a barrel that weight for its size sort of thing so um, when it does wander it does a linear sort of wander down to the left so it's interesting but um
1: how many shots are you talking for that oh 20 (coughs) okay yeah a lot
0: yeah Yeah. no no i'm saying a lot i was testing out its limits of yeah but say a standard 10 round you know getting still getting quite hot in terms of the suppressor and everything it's fine um but it's just longer strings when i'm getting angry and firing more rounds for no reason (laughs) it tends to do that (laughs) um so yeah no, no, it's just, and it's, their, their manufacturing, I think, is different. Who's the other, is it Proof Research is another major US barrel manufacturer? Yep. yep. So they... They're very popular. Yeah. They're probably considered, of those two, the better process, and I don't know what, you know, I'm not the ins and outs of what it is. I'm not a rocket surgeon or a brain scientist. Um, so, it's, a, yeah, it's an interesting thing to look at when I mean, i've seen what other one It's like the the how carbon stalker coming out um
1: yep they here i believe
0: which i think there's a carbon fiber barrel version isn't there
1: so they've got a carbon you can get it with a carbon stock yeah. and a, sort of is, a hunting barrel by
0: default yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah or you can get it with the carbon Barrel and stock, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Stock,
0: yeah. For, for an yeah. Extra, extra grand or so. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, and you can also buy barrel actions.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, what other advantages are there with carbon fibre? I mean, I, you talk about the heat thing that, um, yeah, a fluted barrel. There could was, be argued it would be better. There was bigger. a lot
1: of misconception earlier about heat and carbon fibre barrels. Uh, I mean used to hear about a lot and I, and I I thought it was just how it was that they walked until I seen yeah. enough Ian from Hardy at our first RTD long range challenge do a shot of a string of 10 shots at a K uh, with a 6.5 PRC and every single one of them hit and I thought okay and it was like 30 degrees that day um Celsius and so I thought okay maybe it's not that bad it's just the internet being the internet and yeah a little bit more research from what I can gather it's the it's heat, the mirage coming off the carbon that can cause issues because your optic is, um, you're essentially not aiming where you think you are aiming due to mirage. Um, yeah. So, so that's, I, I understand that's been an issue for some people, but I haven't really seen it here per se, but um, you don't generally hear the um, that myth anymore. All
0: right. Well,
2: there can be, um, there can be uh, small discrepancy yeah, as i said earlier if you've got more steel left on one side than the other other or something like that or the or your base sort of steel and the carbon isn't isn't machined properly as it gets hot you know one side stresses more than the other and that can cause <coughs> it to walk across oh, okay
1: um so one side it's growing it's unevenly not, p- causing it to bend you
2: yeah. yes yeah it's not something yeah. that shows up you know regularly but it can happen um and anything to do when you're disrupting you know the steel that was there or you know you're and replacing it with something else yeah yeah any process isn't going to be good enough to completely negate it so i suppose a lot of those early carbon barrels that did walk from you know from all you know all the companies as you referring you know that could have been the issue you know they just didn't have the
0: yeah and that's the, been,
2: the process dialed in
0: that's been pointed out i mean you've got two different materials from two different thermal properties to deal with so that's where if it's not done quite right adds an extra yeah level of what happens when things aren't quite set up properly with the barrel so, so
1: so, what are some of the carbon rifles you had? Because you've had quite a few, Anthony. Hence, why this is we've got you on to talk. <clears throat> what are some of the rifles you've had over the years with carbon um, being a major feature? And then, what have you ended up with? What have you sort of settled on? So, I used to be a sucker for anything Sarko,
2: Basically, all my all my rifles were Sarko rifles. I've got currently have two carbon lights: one in three hundred eight, one in twenty two two fifty and i recently well not recently a couple of years ago had a carbon wolf which is slightly fully adjustable carbon stock no way um
0: they weren't even yep. here
2: yeah uh, i know oh,
0: well.
2: i had the only one in new zealand for quite a while <laughs> um and it was an amazing gun I, I liked the full adjustability of the stock yeah um and, you know and just overall it was a great gun anyway and that was my sort of main hunting rifle set in 7mm mag was it a
0: carbon, barrel, um, a carbon barrel though no no it was not yeah. it was yeah carbon just a stock. normal
2: yeah yep, normal fluted barrel yeah the yeah the so fairly light well lightish it was yeah big gun the long barrels um yeah big scope on it suppressor you yeah, were 4.6 kilos with the bipod yeah. So, okay, would have been yeah, definitely would have been heavier with another stock on it. Um, yeah, I, I really like that gun. I mean, the, the rigidity of the stocks, of the carbon stocks, is obviously amazing because um, of the strength. You you just can't yeah, you know, you're, you're getting chassis type of strength out of a normal hunting stock basically. Well, that answers um, my question
0: then around the stocks. So, you definitely think there's advantage. Significant.
2: Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean yeah you, you, you any especially when you when you go up in larger calibers, you yep. know, I'd say the the Magnum calibres yeah, especially those lightweight setups, there's a lot of recoil. Um inevitably with synthetic stocks you're gonna get flex and stuff like that. And for a hunting rifle that you don't require a you know, like quarter MOA accuracy, it's probably fine. Um but if you're wanting to shoot large caliber as a hunting rifle, sort of, and I mean, this I'm not, I'm saying this 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 it's not just this way or the other way. You know, obviously there's exceptions to everything, but I think you're going to get more repeatability out of a carbon fiber stock um, than you would just say a normal synthetic, um, you know, synthetic one, just because it, it it can't not be because it's so much more rigid.
0: Yeah. No, I have got a carbon, well carbon light, and I do like it a lot. And I do like the stock. Yeah, it's in two sixty, so functions well really
1: well. Anthony was what what caliber? Sorry, was your carbon wolf seven mil rim Seven mil rim. Seven mil Remag, Wow, that would have been a weapon. I'm just, I just looked them up. They are an expensive gun. Holy shit! Um, it well. was it was very nice. I can look, looks. Nice. Looks and you moved it on, eh? Before I got to take
2: photos of it, yeah, I did move it on. But um, I mean, it didn't it didn't look as pristine as the photos you're probably looking at because it was a hunting rifle. You know, it got it got treated as such. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I mean, it, uh, that's another sort of tick for the for the carbon fiber because you can you know bang it on rocks and you can. You know, slide it down ice, and you can do all sorts of things, and you're not going to scratch it. Yeah, um, whereas a synthetic stock or a wooden stock would be, you know, any you look at any hunting rifle that's been used for a number of years, and they look like a hunting rifle. Um, so, yeah, a bit more durability as well. Um, yeah, you just yeah for a hunting hunting application, I you know, you're lightweight, everything, you everything you want basically. It sort of ticks the boxes to have a carbon stock.
0: And I guess that's pretty important yeah. I mean, is the rigidity side and the strength because um if you look at like Sarko like you're saying you're a fanboy of those type of those rifles the carbon light comes in at a base weight of 2.4 kilos your fin light 2 is 2.6 so 200 grams heavier so it's not you know you're not massively saving over the a7 Sarko a7 which is the standard you know
1: whatever base model
0: yeah 2.8 kilos so it's for <laughs> getting to a pound of butter difference sort of thing almost and weight um and the t3x Light's still 2.8 but yeah i guess there's people getting down to the bits and pieces but the the carbon fiber stocks off, off obviously offer you know that rigidity in that for the weight which is just significant advantage i mean because it's certainly uh pricey if you look at a standard Tika t3x stock to buy is 300 bucks and if you look at a, a Tika t3x carbon fiber stock they can be anywhere from 1100 to to 1800 for a well there's more of a prs version of that stock so um but you know they i've seen plenty of people put them on they're a worthy addition if you want a, a hunting rig that's going to handle a, a bit of a bit more of a beating but then you often find for the price you try to try and treat it <laughs> not, not so harshly anyway so <clears throat> given its value so
2: i mean when you when it comes down to sort of if you're doing long multi-day backcountry sort of hunts you're going to notice three or four hundred grams by yeah. the time you have to carry it for three days um with all your other gear i mean so it's that it's that type of thing where you see the the real benefit if you just It's an extra can hunting, of beer you,
0: know. you can carry <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you're if you're just truck hunting driving around you 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 know, you probably don't need or just hunting on your farm you probably don't need the carbon fiber for a weight wise you're buying it for other reasons um which is the rigidity and stuff like that
0: yeah no, which is bizarrely my eight, my carbon light has an eight attacker scope on it, so it's got one of the heaviest scopes for one of the lightest guns. So I really yeah. need to fix that.
1: <laughs> no, it's well you don't you 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 just use it at like hunter competitions, don't you? Really? True. Yeah. You don't even hunt with it. Um, have you ever taken it hunting? Yeah. Oh, you took it up Big Hill, didn't you? Yeah. You shoot anything with it, or did you use your two seventy? Uh
0: two seventy. Oh, okay, so. No, I took the Benelli Lupo last time I went to big to Big Hill, so um which weighs in at a hefty three point two kilos, if anyone wanted to know.
1: If anyone ever buys
0: them. So you're getting up to a kilo over a carbon light, but Yeah. A couple of grand cheaper, maybe. Just get um, fitter. Yeah, uh, so
2: Right. I suppose to carry on with the original question, so that's what I used to have, yep. and as I said I've still got a couple of carbon lights now, um, but now we're um, basically for everything, running a pair of hybrids, I've got a long and short action one, carbon stocks on both obviously, and I've got three...
0: Now they're high tech composites? Well, well, The stock? Yes. Yep. Yep.
2: Yes. Um, and all my hunting barrels are carbon fibre, um, so basically ready to, ready to hunt, um, like my, my Norma, um, 26 inch carbon barrel, Nightforce Force NX8 scope on it, that weighs 4.6 kilos with the bipod ready to shoot, um, as well, so for a calibre like that, you i wouldn't want it any lighter no <laughs> um because re- recoil issues but and it's not too bad you can still carry that comfortably it doesn't feel very heavy on your shoulder and it was the same weight as my sarco carbon wolf that i had um so it's you know a lot more gun being the norma than a seminal rem for the same weight so yep um yeah and, and my sem- i've got a similar rem mag barrel as well which is also carbon fiber same length, and yeah, you know, the twenty-two Creedmore barrel we're doing um, will be carbon fiber. Although that's not going on the hybrid that's going on a Project X.
0: So after that, X. You, so obviously, the, therefore, you, what you're saying is you're, you're you know you're happy with the technology. The, the carbon fiber barrels yep. are worth it, and and will do work. Yep, as advertised. Yep, yep, that's good. No, I was just well, you the,
2: couldn't. To sorry to get the same weight in that norma that we have currently, the barrel would have to be rid- so ridiculously thin for the length, yes. and you'd be yeah you'd be one one or two shots <laughs> before it would get
1: so hot yeah <laughs> that, that that would be
0: it. You'd be wandering around yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. That's when I had a, uh, one of the Howard three hundred PRCs, the, the Hunter barrel type one, and three shots max. And then at 1,000 meters, I was, I was sort of drifting off a 500-millimeter plate, you know. So it was awesome, and then it was fucked. Just not made for multiple sort of consecutive shots. So Whereas your Norma, well, you might, you'd probably be able to do five Help. or six, wouldn't you? Well, you yeah, shouldn't. Yeah, you I mean,
2: it's, it's, not, it's not helping the throat at all, but, I mean, you can do it, and it'll still shoot we're aiming it's just um yeah the, the throat degre- degradation becomes a bit of an issue with all that powder but that's fine i mean it's it never really un- and apart from saturday when i was at your place it's never really done more than you know three shot strings because you know we were sighting it and yeah. checking zeros and just testing it. i mean it's always just three shots let it cool and and in a hunting scenario you're never really more than sort of two three at the most um. Anyway, so yeah, got a bit of a bit of a fright on Friday, having to do on on s- yeah. Saturday. I mean, doing doing longer strings, but that's all right. No, yeah, and that's, that's the that, thing with goats, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why my two, two, three, the, the Christiansen one, it can be running. I can go through two mags, and I'm basically culling goats, and it seems to be no problem because the time is not rap. You know, it's not super rapid because often you got you know, a, f- a few minutes of shooting at that sort of number, so... Um, and I've had no... Sh- it seems to have got more accurate as it settled down. I don't know if that's a thing, but I have read a bit, because I was sort of digging around info when I first got it, that they do take a little bit of time to settle as a barrel, if that's a thing, but <clears throat> that may be just that manufacturer, oh, we I don't do. Know.
2: We do, actually. I just remember, I've, we've got a... Um a full carbon fiber six five PRC also that my um it's my wife uh, wife's gun that she shoots for hunting and competition use, so that's carbon yeah. barrel and carbon stock. Yeah. And that that can take 10-12 round strings, you know, fine. Shoots it fine. Mm. Obviously once again it's just a bit of throat degradation, but um yeah, recall wise not too bad, even with suppressor on. Um, and that gun's really light. i think we're down to four point one kilos for that ready to shoot, so yeah um yeah,
0: and it's what that's six for yeah, p it's sort of a just under two seventy ish recoil in terms of for anyone yeah be slightly less recoil than two seventy maybe yeah
1: to to be honest, that's probably i'm probably going to get one of the howlers and 6.5 prc the carbons possibly maybe um well so i've no experience yet but yeah that'll be what i'll go with for a, a the cabin store medium gun. range hunting gun i'll whether i'll get the whole setup or just the barreled oh, action I right, sure. okay, yeah.
0: we'll,
1: yeah, we'll <laughs> um, just the barreled yeah. action Because although this is the thing, I'm like, I need a, my 260's taking a hammering, and I was like, man, I need something more economical to shoot, and I'm like, 6.5 PRC, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not at all more economical, but, (laughs) I don't know, anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) but I I don't know, I want a 6.5 PRC, I do, I want one.
0: Right. Just a rough, carbon fibre barrel, price-wise, roughly, difference over a stainless, or?
1: I think to get one installed's a couple grand, Okay. Yeah, uh, I think r- roughly um, retail. Yeah. I think a stainless is about well, you, you know this more than me. About, about fifteen hundred bucks for a stainless oh. install and uh, installed. Yeah, true, and then, true. Installed. Yep, yep, yep. And then about yeah, two two thousand two two for carbon, I believe something along those lines. Um, yeah, so it's not. It's, but I mean, if that's the thing, it's, it's still a lot of money, isn't it? And, and if you're just shooting, like you say, shooting goats out of your truck. Unless you just want to spend money, it's, you probably don't need it. But um, so, but who am I to? Oh wait, that's me. You talking about me? It's me and you, Mark, oh, and, sorry. and some, sometimes Anthony too, because I've been hunting with him a few times. All but, right. Um, so
0: if you had a stock rifle and you had a choice, you can only have one or the other. Would you go for a carbon stock or a carbon barrel?
1: If, and we only have one gun to do it all. No, no
0: one choice of either a carbon stock or a carbon barrel. What are you going to choose?
1: Carbon Carbon stock. Uh, I... Oh, fuck! What am I doing with the gun? I don't know.
0: Well, it's obviously like, a light and a hybrid locomotion? hunting type thing. Oh. We'll go with it because you're not going to use it for, ah. like, P.R.S. Are you? So.
1: Yeah, then I'd go with a pencil. I'd go the pencil steel barrel and a carbon stock.
0: And you said carbon stock as well? Because
1: Anthony. yeah, yeah, yep. yep. I'd go carbon stock.
0: Wow, I didn't think you'd say that. There you go. Explain why.
1: For me, just because um, I go on, Anthony. Uh, well, I think
2: uh, once again, like the base, the basis of the accurate rifle yeah. starts in the stock, okay. basically. So if that's you know if you, um, we haven't defined what type of stock no, versus oh, what, yeah, okay, yeah. But so without a good, good solid stock. Um, nothing else is going to work on the rifle, so there's no point having a flash carbon barrel
1: in some crappy stock because it still won't shoot.
0: Okay, cool. good, great. I,
1: I look at it a bit. Dif- I look at it a bit differently, because um, if I'm just, I'm, if I'm being forced to leave the quad bike or the truck behind, right? We're going down south, or we're going, yeah, you know, somewhere we're actually got to do more than a couple of k's, three, four k's. Um, then it's yeah, I'm probably only going to need two or three rounds rather than 10 round strings so that 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 pencil barrel is probably going to be fine um and again i'm not talking about a big um big magnum so i'm just talking, you know six five prc or something so yeah it'll be carbon fiber stock um uh, to get the nice maybe um lightweight um obviously but also like a 90 degree pistol grip i'm quite a big fan of those and possibly a little bit of maybe a, a higher cheek comb or maybe adjustability. But, yeah, so it'd be, I'd rather be comfy on the rifle and only take one good shot than uncomfortable. Um, yeah. All
0: right, Anthony, that so surely, sense. Anthony, have you got a MDT HNT 26 on order? The carbon fibre... No. Magnesium? No. no. What,
2: a, what a peasant. No. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know... Um... I know there'll be a couple uh, kicking around soon, which I'll probably get to. You I've got, got one play on with. order. Oh, yep. Yeah. What's,
1: what's your one going on?
0: A ticker of some description. It's a ticker action one. So.
1: Probably, probably my ticker. <laughs> Graham keeps I'll telling me. I'll give you, you my 260 Yeah, mark. Graham
0: keeps telling you this. So I'm just going to give the stock to him. He and... you get...
1: No, no, no. I'm going to give you the, the 260.
0: He said it'd be wasted on u- way, right? a useless shooter like me, so you might as well give it to him. So.
1: <laughs> well, you're paraphrasing, but it yeah, was along those lines. Yeah, it's along
0: those lines. <laughs> no, that's what. No,
1: will saves you buying a whole another tika. You just bought, take my one off me.
0: True. Yeah. Right. Mm. We'll go half. Because you're two you, yeah, seventy. Joint, joint venture.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, i note that the the long action the long action chassis. Um, weighs 850 grams so that's very light
0: yeah you get basically a folding if it's a folding version folding chassis type setup for the weight of a very light standard looking stock, you know, uh, hunting rifle stock so it's pretty impressive for what they've done So it looks a bit ugly I'd say with my first impression but yeah we'll see
1: do we have an ETA on the wrong? Wrong?
0: they're supposed to be here I thought
1: oh heard that before we'll
0: blame, blame COVID Anthony sorry
2: <laughs> about th- about three months about three months
1: <laughs> back order uh, moment, apparently yeah it was ordered a long time ago wasn't it Mark six months ago nah, when they first announced them
0: I do suspect I thought it was July I'd get it so
1: anyway yeah. huh, it'll come yep yeah, the two sixty will be worn out by the time it turns up.
0: I have to rebarrel it then. I'm going to carbon fiber.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. I'll see if someone can do me a deal. <laughs> someone might know someone. <laughs> nah, probably. I'll probably put a pre-fit barrel on it. To be honest, but yeah. Right. yeah.
0: No, well, let's. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up there. I'm running out of things to say. Um, <laughs> I think we've done a, a reasonable intro into carbon fiber. I've learnt quite a bit. Thank you, Anthony, for because you certainly have used more carbon fiber barrels than I probably ever will so um it's interesting to talk to someone who's actually practically using them in the field and um and it shows to me it, you know I came into this a bit weary of it I suppose um but I think it's a technology that's matured I suppose put it that way and people are actually manufacturing pretty consistently with it to build pretty good guns so um your thoughts Graham, yeah. on that um, Anthony
2: I was say yeah the if you're wanting something yeah lightweight that's going to give you still the repeatability of a, of a heavy steel barrel yeah um, rigidity was yeah then it's a no-brainer really
0: yep damn it I'm, gonna more yeah, obviously, I'm, more I'm probably the
1: least <laughs> I'm probably the least experienced with it here um, again I've shot a lot of cool guns but not a lot of time behind them um. But yeah, it was an interesting chat and um, it's better than me and Mark just making stuff up about it, actually having someone on who (laughs) Sort of has has lived it a bit. So uh, we appreciate you coming on, Anthony. Um, You never know, you're coming back over here in a couple of weeks so we might have you on again. We could do a live podcast. That'll be a disaster. Um, But yeah, you'll be over (laughs) here again soon for the 22 shoot. But um, again, thanks for coming on and no doubt you guys will hear from anthony and his uh his beautiful smooth voice again in the future on the podcast
0: one last question oh here we go 22 lr carbon fiber barrels
1: is oh god it, is it a thing <laughs> yeah i don't know the, if it was, uh, and scott. One. no it is webley and scott exo does, does, does it you buy them that the 700 dollars. They're very accurate, but a lot of the triggers suck. Uh-huh. I got sent one, and it had a very good trigger. But, but everyone I know bought one, <laughs> the triggers weren't particularly good. Um, Ruger ten twenty two barrels or oh, yep. barrels. Yep. Yep. Uh, carbon fiber. Oh yes, yes. Yep. Now um, you mentioned them. Yeah, you've seen them around. Yeah. Yep. Now the practicality of them is, it's a, uh, in my, opinion, is more because it's cool. Because again. Uh, the heat, you can have a really, really thin 22 barrel, <laughs> it's fine, you don't need a bull barrel um, but, yeah um, if you want them, they're out there and they're pretty easy, if you've got a Rubik ten twenty two, you just bolt them straight on with a couple um, Allen keys I
0: suppose that is the thing, isn't it? It looks cool
2: It, it really is, yeah, yeah it I was going to look- say, it really it's be just a gimmicky thing for the 22 because it's going to give you, apart from Weight, but there is no weight advantage because you could just run a thin barrel. Yeah. So. Yeah, because yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's just, um, just to yeah. be able to say, oh, I've got a carbon fiber twenty-two to go with
1: everything else.
0: And that's yeah, where hey, I mean, people. Yeah. Sorry.
1: If people want, if people want to put a barrel on, they can put a barrel. And I mean, I I know proof. I believe proof even does some carbon fiber prefits for some. 22s. I could be wrong, but so I mean you can get match grade gear too if you if you really wanted to. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Your money spend it how you wish, I guess. Because I mean, Mark, you've been doing a bit of work with Ruger 1022s I'm going to be a bit of work with 1022s soon. So, um, hey, maybe we'll get one. Um, I think you should. Who knows?
0: Join the like carbon you fiber you think battle
1: battle club? club. Yeah, you should. Oh, that's how I'll buy a, one for a 22 and then pretend I'm as cool as you guys.
0: That's right. If you're going to spend that sort of money on
1: anything 22, voodoo. If you're going to spend that sort of
2: money on anything 22, yeah, just get a voodoo and be done.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> so instead of buying a $300 barrel, buy a $4,500 barrel action.
0: <laughs> yep. The steel yep. Aren't Math. The voodoo barrels are steel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah Yep. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> quite, quite a heavy profile from what I remember.
1: Yes. No, cool. All right, any, any last, yeah, nothing else you from you, Anthony, I think we'll finish that up and, um, yeah. All right. and just, yeah, thank
2: you for having me on and, yeah, good, great time last weekend as well with you both shooting a few pests. So, yeah, see you again in a couple of weeks at 22. Shoot.
1: Righto. We'll, we'll,
0: we'll see do. you all later on.
2: All right, bye, everybody.